Welcome to the Therapist on Fire podcast, where I interview leaders in allied healthcare, entrepreneurs, and those on the path to financial independence. Welcome to the Therapist on Fire podcast. I am here with expert blogger Julia Kuhn of The Traveling Traveler. Hey, welcome, Julia. How's it going? Thanks so much. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Well, you are an expert blogger, but I want you to start from square one and just tell us how you got inspired to start The Traveling Traveler and how that all got started. Well, um, I think we have to take it back about probably eight years ago (laughs) in 2010. So I'm a speech language pathologist. And in in 2010, I decided I was going to branch out and do travel therapy and take short-term assignments like all over the U.S., And at that time, I had no idea what I was doing, and I went cross-country. And to be honest, I was really lonely and overwhelmed, and the expectations put on me at my assignment were just like so much. I felt like I was drowning. I didn't really enjoy it, but I kind of kept on traveling for a couple years because I liked the flexibility of what I was doing, and I loved the ability to travel. And then um, I kind of stopped for a while. The travel market got really bad, and I was taking like pregnancy leave assignments at my home and working per diem. Then the market kind of picked up again for jobs. So I went back to traveling and I decided I was like, this time I'm going to do it right. And like everything I didn't do right the first time around, like it's going to change. It's going to be better because I want this to be like everything I ever wanted travel to be. So I was kind of thinking like where to start. And at the time, uh, Facebook communities were growing. Like there was a community of speech therapists. There was a community of travel nurses. There wasn't anything for traveling therapists. And, you know, I'd post in like travel nursing groups and be like, Hey, you know, like I have this question, nobody would answer. I'd post in speech therapist groups and be like, Hey, I'm a traveler. I have this question. And like, I met like a person or two that would be like, Oh, Hey, I'm in this similar situation. Like we should all connect. And somebody was like, you know, we should start a group. And I'm like, yeah, we should start a group. And then it's like blank. So Um, I started a group of traveling therapists. This was in about 2014, uh, pretty just selfishly that I was like, I want a community. Like I'm going to be traveling again. I want people to talk to and network with and maybe find a roommate or find someone to take an assignment with me. So it was was just kind of selfish like that. And, um, and it started in 2010 with or 2014 with like 10 of my friends. And now there's like, I think 70 200 people in the group. So it's grown quite large. And in the process of that, um, I've become like, uh, you know, like the go-to person. So when I started the group, I was in no way like an expert in travel therapy. I made a lot of mistakes. I wasn't exactly happy with my travel experience, which I think is why I started it. I wanted a better one. And then all of a sudden I'm kind of, uh, people are coming to me for all their answers and I'm typing all these responses and doing all this other stuff. And I'm like, I'm just going to start a blog and I'm going to write down everything and I'm going to send it to people and I'm going to link to people. Because at the time, people really were asking me, like, where can I go for resources? And I was sending them stuff, other people's stuff. And they're always kind of like, well, this isn't really what I was looking for. And I'm like, well, you know what? Moving forward, if I'm going to send a link, it's going to be like what I create and what I stand behind and what at least I want people to know. And, you know, and hopefully like all my thoughts to help people and, you know, take you on this journey. So I, I started that in 2016 and, um, you know, the name actually came, I think, you know, uh, Jeremy, the recruiter from CoreMed, he was my recruiter at the time. And I was talking to him. I'm like, I'm going to start this blog. I don't know what to call it. He's like, call it the traveling traveler. Cause you just <laughs> need 
travel and then you travel more. And I was like, okay, like I didn't think about it, you know, and now like marketing and branding is so big. And, and, you know, people tell me like, you should, you know, rebrand, like the name doesn't make sense. And I'm like, at this point I'm keeping it. Um, no, no need to change, but that's kind of how the blog started. And then, you know, again, um, for like a year or two, I was doing what I thought was, you know, all the content I could put out there. And what I realized, it, it still just wasn't enough for people. People wanted more. There was more they wanted to know, more questions. So I started doing more and more and more and more. And it, you know, it got to the point where um, like this was, this was like my full-time job. And then I'm like looking at it and I'm like, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm doing content. I'm, I, I know how to do this stuff. I'm taking classes on web design and graphic design and all these other things. So that's when I, I turned it into a business model and I'm monetized, as we can talk about. So that's me in Hawaii now. Um, I'm working in a permanent position part-time. I've been doing that for the past year, really using the time I'm not working clinically to grow my website and business there. And then I'm hoping in 2019, maybe a little before, to get back to working um, temporary positions. So I'm looking at going back to California and, and like splitting my time more. Oh, okay. So you're going to get back into traveling again? That's what I'm trying to do. Ah, nice, nice. I miss miss the flexibility of it. Well, it is. You know, let's diverge just for a second because I know so many people are interested in traveling. And while I have an expert traveler as well as expert blogger on this podcast, might as well take a, you know, take advantage of that. You said that when you first started traveling, you, you know, you did some things wrong. Do you think could go into maybe some top advice you'd give for people looking to go into traveling so they, they don't do those wrong things? I mean, it's hard. This is hard for me because I think like everybody learns through their journey and like I wouldn't have had it any other way, you know, like the, the hard things kind of make you stronger. And But, um, you know, the things that I really got frustrated over were housing. I put down uh, deposits for short-term leases and I got short-term leases and I had two contracts in a row and early. So I owed about like four or $5,000 just in cancellation fees. And at the time I just didn't, I didn't have it at all. Like it was just like red bank account, no money, had to live like on a friend's sofa for a while. Um, You know, just, just stuff like that. And just, just taking the wrong positions. Like, um, you know, now I, I personally, I love the patient population and skilled nursing facilities, but I just can't work in them as a traveler anymore because um, the, the pressure to perform and be productive is just too high. And I'm actually good at phone interviewing for SNFs and I haven't been in a bad one in, in really years. I haven't worked in a SNF in a long time. In the last couple of years I did work in them, it wasn't bad. But there's, um, I, I was just in a bad situation the first couple times, like walking into a facility, being given a list of 18 patients and, you know, go treat, be 95% productive. We're going to terminate you if you're not 95%, you know, being bullied, you're not a good therapist, just stuff like that. Um, so those are, you know, those are the things you, you kind of learn though, and it makes you stronger. And um, I've been in tougher positions um, you know, since then. And it's because of those kind of things that happened to me as a traveler that I am able to step out and be more of a leader and, um, you know, and stand up for myself and my patients. So while the experiences were bad, um, in a lot of different ways, they were good learning experiences and at least made me a stronger clinician and stronger person. 
No, I, I, I 100% agree. Careful about housing and, um, you know, and, and the jobs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, I think like something I try to reiterate to anyone that I speak to too, is it's, it's all about like assignment choice. You know, traveling mm-hmm. is just like any other job. You can get a bad permanent job. You can get a bad contract job. You can get a bad home health. Like any job can be bad. So it's like so important for you on that interview to really feel it out and like ask the right questions to know what's their productivity demands and what are you getting into? What's like their orientation if you're a new grad and, and things like that. I think that that's um, the biggest determining factor in traveling, I think, is the assignment choice. Yeah. Yeah. And well, not, not necessarily going after like, you know, like the great locations. Like if, if you are flexible to working in a more rural place, you know, you might, you might have a great building that just can't attract any clinicians versus um, like I lived in the Boston area for a long time. And, you know, I've taken, I took some local assignments there and they were in some of the worst buildings, you know, just because that's why they couldn't get staffed. Yeah, there's a combination of factors. I think a lot of people think there are traveling positions because of a certain reason, but there's so many reasons. You know, Mm -hmm. it could be that, like, I'm from Bakersfield, California, and no one really wants to go to but they have a great place. Like, they have great hospitals, and and I did a traveling assignment at at my home in Bakersfield, and I loved it. But they're not getting any people because no one's moving to Bakersfield. You know, it's not that it's a bad hospital. It's just, it's Bakersfield. Um, okay. Well, that was it for those who wanted to be travelers, a little bit of uh, a taste as to what to not do. Um, yeah. Going back to the business side. So you, I think you did such a smart plan, even though you weren't even trying to do it in the fact that um, you found people and you were able to directly connect with them over Facebook and get like exactly what they wanted. You know, mm-hmm. from those questions, you were able to create your blog posts. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about how you grew your Facebook group from very few followers to the um, over 7,000 that you have today? Um, really, I just, my focus has just always been that therapists, you know, get what they want. And, uh, you know, initially when I started the group, it looked a lot different. There were recruiters in the group. And at the time I thought there had to be recruiters because the other models at the time, which were like the gypsy nurse, um, you know, stuff like that. They had recruiters. So at the time I'm like, well, we have to have recruiters cause that's how the travel groups are. Like they, they're the ones that like answer the agency questions or whatever. And it, you know, and really quickly within a year, it became obvious that the travelers didn't want the recruiters in the group, you know, for the most part, they weren't answering questions really any better or differently than like travelers could at the time. Um, and just, you know, like creating a lot more issues in there, you know, and, I went through one day and just took out all the recruiters and like literally the next day there were like, it went from maybe like one post, I don't know, a week to like a couple posts a day. And like the group just expanded really quickly. It just became more about it. You know, it's just always like, what do people want? Um, what can I give them? Can I answer their questions? And, you know, and then I've just always grown it organically. I don't advertise the group on my website. If you sign up for my email list, you'll find out about it. Um, but it's, it's kind of like a closed circuit. Like you almost need to kind of know somebody to find out about it. And I kind of modeled that off of, again, like I've seen a lot of, uh, social media forums that have failed. Um, you know, no disrespect to them, but, uh, you know, like 
healthcare travel book was one that was actually popular when I started traveling. It was a website form to get answers to your questions, kind of like what my Facebook group is now. And again, there were recruiters on it. And I kind of watched it like kind of, you know, buy travelers, connect with travelers. Um, so I've always just listened to, you know, what the group wants. And it's grown organically because of that. People share it in other groups. Um, initially, when it began, I was sharing it in all the speech therapy groups I was in. And then, it, you know, it kind of took off from there that other people started sharing it and it got spread organically. Great. Well, I, th- I think what, what I really noticed is that, you know, you're a testimony to the fact that you, if you have a good product or if you're a good person or if you provide a good service, you don't need to have all this extra sort of fluff or extra mm-hmm. whatever, you know, your, your group. And that's why I really respect you so much is that in your group, it's, it's just very, you're trying to give the best input and just give the best advice in like a really heartfelt, meaningful way. And I think that comes across. And so I think for people who are wanting to grow Facebook groups, you know, you can check out the travel therapy therapist. It started as uh, it started as a therapy. Your group doesn't come up. So I'm like, I'll solve that. <laughs> so I just made it a tongue twister. <laughs> but everyone, you know, if you're looking to do something organically, just be who you are, be a great person and like have great content. So yeah. yeah. Um, now, how do you feel like that has funneled into your blog? Do you feel like your, web, um, your website has really um, benefited from having a Facebook group? Um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say, I, you know, how much I would say yes, definitely. Um, but you know, when you're looking at like, say like a business or monetizing, it's really hard to monetize a group. Um, people aren't, you know, people aren't there at least in this group to like, you know, buy a product. So, you know, it's great that a lot of people from there know me and support what I do outside. Uh, I think I do get a lot of, you know, support from the group, but, um, you know, definitely not, not a hundred percent. I think a lot of people don't even know, like, A, I administer the group. I definitely, I get funnels to the website through the group, no doubt. Um, but there's definitely people who, you know, don't know I admin the group, don't know I do a website. You know, there's, it's, it's a community group. So there are people who are there completely for the community, you know, and that's, that's fine. You know, that's, that's what the group's there for free, you know, information and community and sharing. So it's serving its purpose. So then, you know, as, as I can help people and get them resources on the blog, I do, um, you know, or if they can come over and follow me, that's great, but definitely not, uh, you know, you don't have to follow me to be in the group or agree with what I say. You can always disagree with me. Well, I think it's really smart to have multiple different streams of communication or of uh, meeting people. So you have Facebook, I know you have the website and you also have Instagram. Um, and so for the website, I know that that has a massive following. So we talked about how you grew the Facebook group. Can you talk a little bit about some strategies or some, some things that have helped you grow your website? So for web content, as somebody who um, like doesn't have any experience with web content, really say like really maybe only seeing people grow over social media, those are maybe like my only examples. I'd say like the biggest advice I have to give anyone who's looking to grow a website, you know, almost forget about social media, forget it exists. Cause that is so one time, like sharing something on social media, you get an immediate like tick in traffic, then goes back down. What you want is to write things 
for Google that people are going to search for now and they're going to search for in five years from now. So you want to write your content so that people find you when they're trying to get their questions answered. So somebody's searching on Google, like, um, you know, where do I live on assignment or where can I get this or what can I do? You know, you appear. So you're writing web content for the web, you know, not, not for you. And that was a big learning curve is learning how to write for the internet. So you're writing web content for the internet that answers people's questions and will continue to answer people's questions. So that's most of my traffic comes from the web. Uh, I get a steady amount always from Facebook, but, um, and I'm also starting to really dive into Pinterest now because that's probably the best social media source for really just driving continued traffic. And again, like Pinterest is searchable. People search there to answer their questions. So that's, um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to tackle that next. I love Instagram. I love photography, but it doesn't necessarily do anything for my website other than bring my personality to it, which I think is really important. And that's what I, that's what I do on Instagram is I'm, I'm just me. Like, you know, if you don't know me from the group or know me from, you know, like Facebook, you know, that, that's where I'm just kind of me and, and, and share myself. So. Well, let's talk a little bit about, um, sponsorships. So I've seen you on Facebook a couple times that now you have created some affiliate deals. We'll call them through like scrubs and other things. Can you talk about your process into deciding what you choose to affiliate with and sort of how you even go about doing that? Yeah. So, and, and for people who don't know, being an affiliate is basically selling somebody else's product for a commission. And that's how a lot of bloggers make money. So, you know, when you, when you take a blog, and I think this is an important thing to realize is that nobody's going to pay you for writing a blog. Nobody cares. Like they're only going to pay you if you're making them money. So if you're thinking like, I want to blog and, you know, people are going to pay me for it because I have great content. No, like don't even go down that rabbit hole. Like people are going to pay you because you, you uh, earn them return on investment. So um, I, you know, I got to the point where I realized like I had to make money off my blog. So, you know, you have to sell things, sell things through content. So I decided to, you know, really target and sell things that my uh, readers, you know, need and use and it can solve a problem for them. And I can create a relationship with the brand that I can offer them deals and, you know, and, and bring things to them that they, they really need. So um, like I sell continuing ed credits through MedBridge. I sell scrubs through Janu. Uh, I sell, um, you know, Extended Stay America, working on getting like really good deals through them, which, you know, that was one of the things that people are always asking for deals on housing and Extended Stay. So, um, and I'm always, you know, looking for, you know, new products that, you know, what can I give my audience that's useful and can help them? And, uh, you know, it's, it's good for both sides. So, then of course, like anytime you buy something through one of those vendors, I get a commission of the sales. So that is, um, you know, that's how I, you know, growing my business and I make this work and I'm, I'm able to, to do this. Great. No, I think that's having something that's really aligned with your topic. You know, mm-hmm. you, you uh, your voice is for travelers, you know, traveling therapists, whether they be speech therapists, OTs, PTs, anything like that. And so you want to have healthcare related or traveling related affiliates, like, like what you said, housing or scrubs or, you know, travel type things for yeah. someone who say, I don't know, let's make up a business here. Um, 
I don't know, for books, you know, maybe if you wanted to be like a self-published author, you would have, you know, like a graphic design link or you'd have, you know, something that could make your book for you, different things like that. So you want to have something that's aligned with your values and like the theme you talk about. Very good. And and moving forward, because now I'm, I'm kind of, kind of, as you mentioned, I'm starting to be like the blogger who knows how to blog. Um, I'll probably start delving into content and affiliates. That's how to set up a website, how to run a website, um, you know, stuff like that. Like the products I use, because I, I do use a lot of, I use a lot of products. They're not necessarily um, cheap, but, um, you know, pass along that information too. So uh, we'll yeah. see where the website evolves to. Awesome. Well, speaking of that, I was actually sort of going to go that route and ask if you could divulge any sort of tools or resources that you'd recommend for aspiring healthcare entrepreneurs. Um, generally speaking, I would say if you're a healthcare entrepreneur, you, you need to invest in yourself and you need to learn new skills. Um, you know, don't think you can just start a blog, you know, and not, you know, not know anything about like SEO or, um, you know, like basics of like web development or email marketing, you know, invest in yourself. And there's a lot of online courses or, you know, in-person conferences you can go to and, and just, you know, learn the basics of what you need to do. Um, you know, and then, you know, learn from other people, get in, in groups of entrepreneurs or masterminds. Um, so for me, I blog on wordpress.org. Uh, my site's hosted on SiteGround. I do email marketing on ConvertKit. Um, I do finances on FreshBooks. I am paying a ridiculous amount of money. I'm paying $100 a month right now to have my SEO analyzed by this company called um, Ahref. Um, oh, I've heard of them. Yeah, another blogger recommended them. Like, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, it's, you, there's products and tools you kind of need to invest in. And um, I, I use Canva for graphic design. Uh, I'm not good at WordPress. I, I use virtual, I have two virtual assistants who do my designs, the people that do my web design. So, um, you know, it, it, it takes money to make money. And I think that was a big thing for me is for years, I was doing everything myself, you know, doing it like for free, like, you know, the WordPress hosting for like $40 a year. And then once I kind of got away from that and said, this is a business, I'm going to treat it like one, I'm going to spend money on it. Um, you know, that's when it grew. Excellent. Excellent point. I agree hundred percent with that, that, um, you have to learn when I first started into this, I just went right in and I made so many mistakes. I'm yeah. still making so many mistakes. I'm actually overhauling my website right now because every time I would look at it, I'd be like, ah, it's so horrible. <laughs> I'm, re I'm redoing mine too. I will, I, I have, um, I have designers redoing it, but you know, it, it, you have to, it evolves and it changes. And like, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I have so much content. I need it better access. Like people cannot find my content because there's so much of it. So I'm doing a new uh, web design now. So that'll awesome. be awesome. Cool. Well, I'll, I'm looking forward to seeing the new version, version yeah. 2.0. <laughs> version 5.0, <laughs> a lot of changes. <laughs> um, and I really want to also go into, and, and I think with the tools and resources, you sort of mentioned that you have a variety of tools and that you're sort of outsourcing. I think that's so important for people to know. Um, can you talk about sort of when you figured out that you needed extra help? Because you were working full-time while growing the Facebook group, while growing the blog. Can you sort of talk about that transition into 
into thinking about the fact of actually getting help for your business? Uh, you know, I think it just came, the website was the first thing I paid anyone to do. And I did not have the money to do it at the time, like at all. I was living in Hawaii and, um, you know, I, my story when I came to Hawaii was that I didn't expect to come here. And like the week before I got the job, I had just paid off a student loan that was like 10 K. And that was like all my safe, not all my savings, but it was like my whole checking account. And I was like, ah, no big deal. And then I was in the central Valley, California. I'm like, I'll make it back. No big deal. And then like the next week, it's like, you're going to Hawaii where everything is like ridiculously expensive. So I kind of came here like almost broke. Um, but after like six months, I invested in the web design. I didn't have money to do that. Uh, but I just, I was looking at my own design and I was like, I'm not proud of this. I don't want to send this to people. Like, you know, it looks like a therapist handmade a website. Um, so that's when I, uh, I, you know, I had the designers in to do that. And uh, then, the, you know, the next significant thing that happened was that I just felt so overwhelmed by what do I need to know? What's not important? What do I need to learn? You know, and I remember, you know, I was trying to do everything. I was trying to learn like Photoshop, um, you know, photo, photo editing, photos, you know, web. I was trying to do everything. And it, it was right after I got my website redesigned that um, a famous blogger who I follow on Instagram, uh, Kirsten Rich, who does The Blonde Abroad, she opened up a, um, a retreat for budding bloggers to basically just like a two-week crash course in how to blog. And it was in Bali. And I looked at that and I was like, this is everything I need and I want. And it basically the whole cost of going, the airfare, uh, you know, the all-inclusive two-week retreat, it was $7,000. And I didn't have $7,000. I, you know, I, I almost had nothing, you know, in my checking account at that time. And I was like, I was like, I want to do this because I'm like, I want to invest in myself. And if I'm going to do this, I'm going to learn it and I'm, I'm going to do it. And I applied to go and I got accepted. And at which point, you know, I put the whole thing on my credit card. This was last, last March, March of 2017. And then um, I kind of said to myself, I was like, I give myself a year to make that money back, that 7K back, you know, or else, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm giving up. Like, it was like, it was like, it's now or never like this, you know, something has to happen. Um, and I, and that's when I went permanent after the retreat. And I just um, really, really focused on growing the business and, you know, and I made the money back. Um, I made it back maybe six months after the retreat. So, so just investing in yourself and, and, and honestly, if I didn't go to the retreat, I don't know if I would have, I would have ever, you know, grown the way I did. You know, I would have definitely would have had to do other classes that would have cost money. Um, so I think that was a turning point for me. And then I started, I started hiring virtual assistants just this summer. And it was really because I, um, I just wanted more design. I wanted to grow Pinterest. And it's like, this, this is, it's not worth my time to learn it and do it. Somebody else can do it for a lot less than I can. So that was kind of the idea behind hiring the virtual assistants is that they can they can do things boom, 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 really quick and, and just, you know, get it done. So that's been a lifesaver. 
Well, congrats on doing so well with your blog. And, and I think you're right. Like sometimes you just have to take the leap. I actually just finally took the leap and purchased not as much as that, but it was a $500 (laughs) course. And I literally, um, it was a week long that they were, um, launching this. So they were promoting, promoting and every single day I would go on and I'd be like, ah, no, ah. (laughs) No. And then finally, I was just like, you know, exactly what you were thinking. I was like, I just have to, like what I'm doing right now, I've done this for maybe about a year, year and a half, um, more seriously for about a year. The first half was just, you know, mix and match. And I really, it's the same thing. I don't have that many people coming to my website. I'm really sort of struggling with that. And so I made the realization that there's something that I'm not clicking that's not clicking and I need expert help so yeah I finally it was $500 and and I was like oh my god that's a big um, deal I I still can't believe I spent like the $7,000 I'm like what was I thinking when I have it but it's one of those things I'm like it's going on the credit card and I'm giving myself one year and I'm I'm working until it's paid and and I was like and if I don't pay it off. I'm like, you know, I guess I have to go work a really high paying assignment, like, you know, in like Northern California or something like, you know, something will happen, but. (laughs) Well, I think of it like how I rationalized my purchase was, is the fact that like when I'm 50 or when I'm 60, will I think about that couple hundred dollars? Mm -hmm. No. But will I think about the fact that I didn't fully commit to the thing that I'm already struggling with? Yeah. And will an extra hour a day or two hours a day, because now I have that knowledge, help me? And so the return, you just have to think about the, you know, the ROI, the return on investment. And you have to invest in yourself. And I see a lot of, I I think it's hard for a lot of therapists to do that. I see a lot of pushback, Um, you know, I'll occasionally like, you know, kind of mentor people and, um, you know, and say, you know, you know, buy the classes, you know, do the online stuff. And there's some pushback. Well, I don't want to spend the money, but you know, you have to learn, you know, you, you probably spent a hundred thousand dollars to go to grad school. Like the amount of money it takes to really learn like digital content, um, you know, is, is such a fraction of that. So. Exactly. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, so we are finishing up here and you've just provided so much expert input. I appreciate you going into so much detail. It's like amazing. (laughs) Um, do you think you could give us just one more gem? Like what is your best advice for someone really wanting to get started as an entrepreneur and especially as a blogger? Um, you know, just be you and don't think about the money. And that's the hardest part is, and you know, it, it happened to me organically. What I was doing for years, I had no intention to ever make money off of it. It just grew to the point that, you know, it was like now or never, like this has to be business or not, but just be you and, and solve a problem for somebody. Um, nobody's going to read your blog if you're writing about, um, you know, like your day, if it's just like an average day, you know, like have content that, helps people, solves problems, inspires people, you know, know your audience and write for them and, you know, work on growing followers. And if, you know, if nothing happens, nothing, you know, nothing happens, you know, maybe, you know, you, you have this great community, um, you know, or if you, you know, grow it into a business, maybe you do, but, um, you know, just, just be you and don't, don't think about the money. And that's, I, I see a lot of bloggers make that mistake. I'm in a lot of blogging groups and it's like, I've been blogging four weeks and I haven't made any money. <laughs> well, guess what? You'll probably be blogging another like four years before you make money. <laughs> so. It's a 
It's a slow burn, right? Yeah. It's a slow yeah. burn. Uh, well, Julia, before I go, just let everyone know um, where they can reach you, maybe your Facebook group, your website, mm-hmm. et cetera. So the, the group is Travel Therapy Therapists, only uh, therapists, as we mentioned. The blog is The Traveling Traveler. And then the Instagram is The Traveling Traveler um, underscore. And, you know, I'm on Pinterest, The Traveling Traveler, uh, Facebook, The Traveling Traveler. So I'm around. Oh, thank you so much for for just growing your various groups and your websites, really being a great resource as a traveler. I look up to you and respect you so much for for just your great resource and your integrity. And um, I will put the links to all of Julia's awesome resources in the show notes. So you can check that out in the show notes. Um, You can go to debtfreept.com slash podcast, and you can find um, this video and Julia's audio, as well as all her resources. Thank you so much, Julia. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Therapist on Fire podcast. You can find the show notes, corresponding videos, special offers, and more at debtfreept.com slash podcast or on our Therapist on Fire Facebook page. This podcast is all about igniting the passion within you and helping you become a financially free, location-independent therapist entrepreneur. So don't forget to subscribe to hear more amazing episodes and leave a review on iTunes so that more people can become therapists on fire and change the world.